Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Always live, Monday through Friday, 12 to 2. So today is Thursday, April 2nd, and yesterday was an insane day. Guys, you know, I, I don't care <laughs> where you sit, on what fence, but the fact of the matter is three months have passed into the year of 2020, and I feel like I've aged 10 years. Like, there has been so much happening. And, you know, it's all coming out we're starting to understand what's really going on with this infodemic. Our president is like pro surfer right now. He is on top of everything. He is the pro server, uh, surfer, server, ooh, pro surfer, uh, because he's riding this wave of this infodemic like nobody's business. Under this wave, you see so much going on. And, you know, it was very interesting. Uh, someone said something in regards to um, taking a look at the deaths. So I thank a listener that had brought this up. And one thing we can all do, because we're home, because we can't work, and because we can't trust the media, what we have to do is take matters into our own hands. That's what we always did. Before we were dependent on these mainstream media outlets, we were dependent on grandma on the porch to tell you what's going on, right? So we see that the coronavirus has taken lives in New York. And they've said that they've had a total of 533 deaths for people over 75, 268 deaths from 65 to 74 and 271 deaths from 45 to 64. And between 18 and 44, they had 66 deaths in New York City. But the weird thing is, is that, hmm. And here's where it gets bizarre. The majority of them are with our underlying conditions, but here's where it gets bizarre. Where are the obituaries? So a fun fact, I was looking at them and the greater New York hospital CEO and president actually passed away too. That's actually big news. And I don't know why no one talked about it. You know, that would be something startling. But again, where are the obituaries? So I went to legacy.com that pulls from like the post, the New York times. And I'm like, so 500 people died in one day that are over 75, but I only got like nine obituaries and all of them were like super old. So I'm a bit confused as to what's really going on here in regards to the data. But you know what? I really don't care. Honestly, I don't care. This, there's more data like this of deaths a day in the United States with the regular flu, influenza A and B. Remember that radiologist who had influenza he was testing negative for COVID, but then they looked inside and said, oh, it's COVID, even though he was testing negative for COVID. Are you getting what I'm trying to tell you? So the thing we have to think about is, all right, we're not going to get real data. We can't trust them. We have tainted coronavirus test kits. So while people are lining up, going through drive throughs and swabbing, they could be victim of trying to get the numbers they want to uh, continue the panic. And infecting them with coronavirus. That could be the case. I mean, it's not the first time that 
the NIH and CDC have lied to people or infected them for the purposes of research. I mean, here, their whole reputation is on the line. Okay, whole reputation. And in a very slick move, we saw the president pull away from centralizing those tests only by the CDC and NIH, where people would send it off and be like, yep, it's coronavirus to Abbott Labs. Because private companies are... um, Regulated in a different way, hold to held uh, to a different standard, and have other ways of being—I don't want to say investigated, but overseen. Okay, and I'm really hoping that we're um, executing reports, you know, of death through autopsies to really confirm coronavirus. Now, uh, under this coronavirus guise, we have deployed one of the biggest operations that couldn't have come in the most it's it's like it's almost perfect this is how you take something that was created for evil flip it on its head give the cures of course keep the panic let the media own the panic it's all yours parading around the clowns yep that's the task force you you focus on them they're the experts i'm gonna focus on doing the president stuff and that's what he did exactly they can't say well he said he didn't say anything they did um you know to be a president you don't have to be qualified epidemiologist nor do you have to be a qualified engineer nor do you have to be a qualified anything except for being the voice of the people to be president of the united states the only qualification you need is to be of a certain age and that people want you to be their voice, period. That's it. So moving away from that, look at what he's done. Yesterday, I was tweeting live, of course. I was so giddy because up there, it looked like I was in the situation room. Like I was like, yeah. I saw General Milley, who, by the way, looks so hard. You know, he looks like a really hard man. A guy you don't want to be on the wrong side of. And um, a guy that you just know his family doesn't get to see him and his family has sacrificed more for us during this administration than any other time because they don't get to see general Milley. I, he's probably the grandpa that lets all the kids climb all over him and, you know, (laughs) let his grandkids paint his nails. You could totally see that, right? You could totally see that, but he's also hardcore. And so listening to him speak, listening to Esper, who I adore, um, he is exactly what you would expect uh, from a military leader. Uh, you know, he is incredible. As Secretary of the Army, incredible. And now this. Uh, seeing Barr there, great. O'Brien, I like him. Because the one thing about O'Brien is, is that he actually shows the utmost respect for our president. And, and I adore that. Uh, he has these boundaries, but I can see that the stress has gotten to him, uh, because you know, stress usually carries around your midsection, right? And I'm not trying to make him self-conscious or anything, but this is really stressful. This is a president who has had his first term hijacked with insane Democrats that will stop at nothing to remove him because he is destroying the globalist cabal. He is taking them down bit by bit, and they can't stand it. So uh, I'm going to play the beginning few minutes of this, um, co- you know, this situation room announcement, 
and we're going to talk about it because, you know, yesterday I did a live series uh, with Millie Weaver on YouTube. And I think I need to do more of those because I think, you know, we're good. We're a good yin and yang on uh, pulling out analyses. And it was a lot of fun, too. Like I, I was laughing, you know, just like I laugh on air. I was laughing at my own jokes. Um, I remind myself of this chick on YouTube, you know, when I'm uh, when I want to sleep. But I want to laugh. You know, laugh, the last thing I want to do is laugh. I watched this chick called Vivian Tries. I kid you not. She like buys products, you know, that advertise, you know, oh, look, you can slice a cucumber from like 20 feet away if you just throw it. That's how great the blade is and stuff. She sits there and she, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just watch it every now and then, you know. Um, and I reminded me of her because when she sits there and she's doing the presentation, she laughs at her own jokes. And my daughter was like, why do you watch this woman? She's not even that popular. I was like, it doesn't matter. I like her. And she was like, but she laughs at her own jokes. <laughs> I was like, so I do too. Um, so th- anyway, we had a great conversation. And to her audience and whoever from, you know, who's on my base that saw my tweet or my Facebook post, first of all, we got hijacked. (laughs) So once we started the show, it got hijacked, it froze and, you know, the producer couldn't do anything. And apparently we had hot mics too, which was pretty funny. Um, Thank God it was April Fool's, right? Because April Fool's, right? And um, then we restarted again. Great participation from the audience too. They had really good questions. You know, um, I was caught on air with my cat, um, who you all know is like super senior. And I hated cats before him. I literally did. Uh, Eating my hair. Live on air. It was, it was wonderful. He was, he was, you know, (laughs) desperate for attention. So, and you know, when I'm on air with you guys, all he does is sit by the window, but obviously when I'm on camera, he needs to make a cameo. So that was fun. Looking at all the kitty comments, you know, trolling me, agent kitty. And his name is biscuit, by the way. Anyway, so we analyzed all this just to show you just what an incredible genius President Trump is. Because here we are for coronavirus attention. Uh, um, did I say attention? Standing at attention. Um, you know, announcement. And we see that all the reporters are social distancing, right? They're, you know, apart. There's chairs apart. They're standing away. They're back. But then on stage, you see them elbow to elbow, and you're just like, wait, where's the social distancing? Yeah, because they know what's up. They know what's up. Exactly, right? So here we are. They're giving us a briefing. And listen to the briefing. And let's discuss. Because this tells you everything you need to know. Everybody. Thank you. So... America continues to wage all-out war to defeat the virus, this horrible, horrible virus. You see how terrible it is, especially when you look at the numbers from yesterday. And we explained why we're extending our nationwide guidelines to slow the spread for 30 days. Together, we have the power to save countless lives. We're attacking the virus on every front with social distancing, economic support for our workers, rapid medical intervention, and very serious innovation 
and banning dangerous foreign travel that threatens the health of our people. And we did that early, far earlier than anyone would have thought, and way ahead of anybody else. In this time of need, I know that every American will do their patriotic duty and help us to achieve a total victory. As governments and nations focus on the coronavirus, there's a growing threat that cartels, criminals, terrorists, and other malign actors will try to exploit the situation for their own gain. And we must not let that happen. We will never let that happen. Today, the United States is launching enhanced counter-narcotics operations in the Western Hemisphere to protect the American people from the deadly scourge of illegal narcotics. We must not let the drug cartels exploit the pandemic to threaten American lives. In cooperation with the 22 partner nations, U.S. Southern Command will increase surveillance, disruption, and seizures of drug shipments and provide additional support for eradication efforts, which are going on right now at a record pace. We're deploying additional Navy destroyers, combat ships, aircraft and helicopters, Coast Guard cutters, and Air Force surveillance aircraft, doubling our capabilities in the region. Very importantly, our forces are fully equipped with personnel, protective equipment, and we've taken additional safety measures to ensure our troops remain healthy. Secretary Mark Esper, Attorney General Bill Barr, National Security Advisor Robert O'Brien will provide more details. In addition, I'm going to have General Milley, who's done an incredible job in so many ways, say a few words. And also with us, our Chief of Naval Operations, Admiral Gilday, who you know, I think you know, and Commandant of the Coast Guard, Admiral Schultz. So I'm going to ask uh, Mark to start, and then we can go. And uh, after that, we're going to take questions as it pertains to this. And then we'll go on to phase two, which is the virus itself. Okay? Thank you. Please, Mark. Well, thank you, Mr. President, and good afternoon, everyone. I appreciate the opportunity to be here today as we make this very important announcement. At a time when the nation and the Department of Defense are focused on protecting the American people from the spread of the coronavirus, we also remain vigilant to the many other threats our country faces. Today, at the President's direction, the Department of Defense, in close cooperation with our interagency partners, began enhanced counter-narcotics operations in the Eastern Pacific Ocean and the Caribbean Sea. This initiative is part of the administration's whole-of-government approach to combating the flow of illicit drugs into the United States and protecting the American people from their scourge. I want to thank all of our partners in this effort, to include the United States Coast Guard, the Department of Homeland Security, the Drug Enforcement Agency, the Department of Justice, and members of the intelligence community for their tremendous support and cooperation. To conduct these enhanced operations, the President has directed the deployment of additional ships, aircraft, and security forces to the United States Southern Command area of responsibility. Included in this force package are Navy destroyers and littoral combat ships, Coast Guard cutters, P-8 patrol aircraft, and elements of an Army Security Force Assistance Brigade. These additional forces will nearly double our capacity to conduct counter-narcotics operations in the region. Additionally, 22 partner nations have joined us in this fight, bringing with them a variety of intelligence and operations capabilities needed to defeat these criminal organizations. 
Last year alone, United States Southern Command's operations resulted in the seizure of over 280 metric tons of drugs, much of which was designated for shipment to America. While this was an incredible achievement, there is much more work to be done. Transnational criminal organizations continue to threaten our security by smuggling cocaine, fentanyl, methamphetamines, and other narcotics across our borders. These drug traffickers put our communities, communities at risk and destroy lives. Every year, tens of thousands of Americans die from drug overdose, and thousands more suffer the harmful effects of addiction. Furthermore, corrupt actors like the illegitimate Maduro regime in Venezuela rely on the profits derived from the sale of narcotics to maintain their oppressive hold on power. The Venezuelan people continue to suffer tremendously due to Maduro's criminal control over the country. Drug traffickers are seizing on this lawlessness by increasing their illicit activities. We must do more to prevent these drugs from arriving at our shores. These enhanced counter-narcotics operations that are now underway will further disrupt the flow of illicit drugs to America, deny our adversaries the financial resources they depend on, and build the capacity of our partner nations throughout the region. I want to thank President Trump for his leadership and support to this critical mission. This is particularly important time for this operation to begin. As nations around the world shift their focus inward to deal with the coronavirus pandemic, many criminal organizations are attempting to capitalize on this crisis. The enhanced operations we are announcing today will keep the pressure on these criminal groups and protect the American people from the devastation caused by the flow of illegal drugs into our country. Mr. President, thank you for your leadership as we begin this important operation. While the men and women of the United States military work hard here at home to fight the coronavirus, we continue to take action around the world to defend our great country. Thank you, and I'd like to invite General Milley. Thank you, Secretary, for those uh, uh, words, and thank you, Mr. President, for your leadership. And I want to publicly thank uh, Admiral Craig Fowler, the commander of uh, U.S. Southern Command out of Miami, uh, for leading this operation, which is underway effective uh, today. And also Admiral Gilday, uh, the Chief of Naval Operations, Admiral Schultz, for their contributions to this from their services. There's thousands of sailors, uh, Coast Guardsmen, uh, soldiers, airmen, Marines involved in this operation. Uh, we came upon some intelligence uh, some time ago uh, that the drug cartels, as a result of COVID-19, were going to try to take advantage of the situation and try to infiltrate additional drugs into our country. As we know, the 70,000 Americans die on an average annual basis uh, to drugs. Uh, that's unacceptable. We're at war with COVID-19, we're at war with terrorists, and we are at war with the drug cartels as well. Uh, this is the United States military. You will not penetrate this country. You will not get past Jump Street. You're not going to come in here and kill additional Americans. And we will marshal whatever assets are required to prevent your entry into this country to kill Americans. So right now the Navy has marshaled additional Greyhound ships from both PACOM and UCOM and for the Naval Fleet at Norfolk. And they are set sail already, and they are in the Caribbean right now. In addition to that, there's 10 Coast Guard cutters and there's Special Operations Forces and Security Force Assistance Brigades, along with Air Force uh, reconnaissance aircraft. The bottom line is you're not going to get through. Uh, now is not the time to try to penetrate the United States with illegal drugs to kill Americans. Uh, with the United States military, we will defend our country regardless of the cost. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank, Thank you, you Secretary. Thank you, Mr. President. Thanks for your uh, decisive leadership as we confront this unprecedented uh, challenge uh, posed by corona, 
coronavirus. And I'd like to thank you for your support for this important initiative and thank uh, all of uh, the Secretary of Defense and all the services uh, for taking on this, uh, this important initiative. Obviously, during this crisis, we're all focused uh, above all else on COVID-19. But at the same time, uh, our law enforcement and national security work must go forward, protecting the American people from the full array uh, of threats. For the Department of Justice, one of our highest priorities must remain destroying the Mexican cartels. Their trafficking is largely responsible for the deaths, as we all know now, of 70,000 Americans a year. Uh, and also, the costs of this don't count uh, the destroyed families, the destroyed lives, the draining of our national uh, treasure as state budgets are crushed by uh, the burden that this, uh, the, the, this uh, uh, narcotic trafficking causes. The President has made clear uh, that we are in this fight against the cartels to win and that we are not interested in half measures and that the threat posed by the cartel is not just a law enforcement threat but a national security threat as well. And in December, building on uh, your success with uh, the Mexican uh, president in forging uh, a cooperative relationship uh, in the area of uh, immigration, you asked me to go down and meet with the President uh, Lopez Obrador and our Mexican counterparts to see if we could also establish a more comprehensive and coordinated effort with the Mexicans uh, in confronting the cartels. And uh, we've had some uh, successful visits and, and discussions and currently have an array of activities underway against the cartels. And we anticipate, along with the Mexicans, that these are going to bear fruit in the months ahead. But it quickly became clear that we can obtain the most immediate uh, results, the best bang for the buck, uh, where we increase the assets involved in interdiction on both the Pacific and Atlantic side of Mexico and the Central American uh, countries. For years, the cartels have been uh, using these sea routes to take the cocaine up from principally Colombia, now also out of Venezuela. And these sea routes on both coasts uh, have become the primary means of bringing cocaine up to the United States. Because of the superb work done by the uh, Defense Department and our intelligence community, uh, we know exactly most of the time where these traffickers are at sea. Um, but we're significantly, have been up till now, significantly limited in our ability to interdict because of the numbers of the assets we have deployed. Uh, prior today, uh, this limitation meant we could only intercept a fraction uh, of uh, the, the traffickers that w and, and the, the various boats uh, that were detected. This will now double our capacity, and we are talking about hundreds of tons of cocaine now uh, we're now in a position to seize. So this is going to uh, radically improve uh, our interdiction efforts and put tremendous pressure, we think, on the cartels. Uh, and uh, the effort that Southcom is uh, undertaking is going to save lives by taking drugs off the street. Last week, I announced the unsealing of charges uh, of narco-terrorism, drug trafficking, and other crimes against the former Maduro regime, 16 members of that regime. 
uh, and their involvement in trafficking of 250 metric tons a year. A lot of that comes by sea, as I discussed at that time. But also, because of the pressure we're applying uh, by our sea uh, interdiction, they are trying to establish an air route out of Venezuela up into Central America, which is one of the reasons we're trying to move firmly against uh, that corrupt regime. Uh, you know, this drug war has gone on for many decades, and at times in the past we've had great success and great results, and at times we've taken our eye off the ball. Fortunately, not in this administration, and I'm grateful that you, Mr. President, have brought focus to this fight and the determination to use whatever tools are necessary to win the fight. Uh, the cartels have to be defeated, uh, both for the people of this country and for the people of Mexico and Venezuela. So I'd like to thank you again, Mr. President, Secretary Esper, for providing the wherewithal required uh, to help win this war uh, against the cartels uh, and others who seek to send illicit drugs into our country. And with that, I'd like to introduce uh, Ambassador O'Brien. Thank you, General. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, today's action is another example of the bold leadership of President Trump and his commitment to protecting the homeland against threats that seek to destabilize the United States and our Western Hemisphere. The uncontrolled flow of illegal drugs into the United States poisons our communities, fuels the dangerous epidemic, uh, epidemic of addiction, and threatens the safety and security of all Americans. The impressive U.S. Navy, Coast Guard, Army, Marine Corps, Air Force, and interagency operation will address a range of threats to our national security posed by narco-traffickers and narco-terrorists. It will reduce illicit financial support for, the drug for drug trafficking that provides the corrupt Madero regime in Venezuela and other bad actors with the funds necessary to conduct their malign activities. Under President Trump's leadership, we will continue to execute our maximum pressure policy to counter the Madero regime's malign activities, including drug trafficking. And th this operation will help to choke off the funds that go to that corrupt regime. Madero, narco-terrorist, and criminals should make no mistake that even as we are working around the clock to fight the spread of coronavirus, we will continue to execute the President's counter-narcotic strategy. We are working on a number of important national security priorities as we face this public health crisis. The United States will continue to combat disinformation and fake news about this virus. We will work with the world's largest oil producers to address volatility in global oil markets. We will always protect our servicemen and servicewomen around the world, including in Iraq and Afghanistan. I want the American people to know that President Trump and Vice President Pence and their administration are working tirelessly every day to protect the health and well-being of Americans and respond to the coronavirus. Our adversaries should take note, however, this president has a clear-eyed focus on America's national security interest. And let me be clear, it would be a mistake, a mistake with terrible consequences for any adversary to attempt to do us harm during this health crisis or ever for that matter. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. President. Okay. So do we have any questions on this? Because this group is going to go back to work. We're going to leave. Uh, question either for you, Mr. President, or Secretary Esper. Uh, what has changed that is allowing these assets to be deployed now, whereas uh, General Barr said in the past they were not available? Well, for a long time, we've had a lot of drugs coming into our country. And uh, 
It's not that it's increased. It's we've probably got it down a little bit, but it's still a tremendous number. Families are being ruined. Lives are being ruined. Uh, it's an incredible thing, especially as you're at this position. You would never believe it. I see things that nobody would believe. I see reports that nobody would believe. So I met with the group behind me, all of them, and we said, "What do you think we can do?" And they think they can interdict. They think that we can stop it before it gets to the shores. And they're coming from all over the place. And we have uh, incredibly talented people. So I think I'm going to let Mark just give him a little bit of an answer to that. But we just want to see if we can stop a big, a good percentage of the drugs coming into our country. Sure thing. Thanks, Mr. President. So first of all, it's, it's simply a matter of prioritization. The president's given us very clear guidance on what's important to him and protecting the American people. And as some of you know, I began, I began a review months ago looking at all of our different geographic uh, combatant commands and looking at where we can free up time, money, and, and resources to put in into other endeavors. Uh, in this case, we had scrutinized uh, our inventory fairly closely. The Chairman Milley did a great deal of work on this with uh, with Admiral Gilday, and we felt that uh, there was no risk uh, to the fleet, to our operations, to free up, in this case, uh, uh, naval ships. We also freed up aircraft and other assets to apply them to this presidential priority. And, of course, the Coast Guard did the same. So it was a very good operation. We feel this is very important to the American people and completely in line with the president's direction. And how long will you be able to keep up this operational tempo? Well, it depends. What we're going to do is we're going to run it for some matter of time. I'm not going to disclose how long that will be, and then we will assess it, and then we'll make adjustments from there. We may increase. We may decrease. We may sustain as is. But this will be an assessment we will do as an interagency team. We'll report back to the president, and we'll take further guidance from there. And, you know, we didn't do it for this reason, but it'll also have an impact on the virus because we have people trying to get in. So not only drugs, but now we have a new phenomena, and that's at least for the next – hopefully short period of time, the virus, so we'll be able to have an impact on that too, please. Yeah, Mr. President, could you expand on that a little bit because you tie it to COVID-19, saying that these drug cartels were taking advantage of, of the situation, of this pandemic. How exactly? Well, because we're focused on so many other parts of the country and even parts of the world. And all of a sudden, areas where we, we had it clamped down pretty tight, for fairness, you know, the wall is up to about 160 miles already. And any areas where we have that wall, it's for the most part contiguous. We have fill-ins, but we're up to 161 miles exactly. And uh, any place where you have that wall, other than walking around it on the edges, it's stopping everybody cold. I mean, we're stopping. We, nobody's seen anything like it. That's how good it works. And the other side knew it worked that well, everybody, because everybody was for it five years ago. All of a sudden, they changed. Uh, it's having a tremendous impact. But – we are now focused on so many different things because of what's happened, because of this horrible — I say it's a horrible phenomena that now we've got to focus on drugs. And the drugs come in from different methods, and we have the best people at sea anywhere in the world. So we'll have a tremendous impact on drugs. But one of the other things will also have an impact, we think, on the on the virus. Okay. Yeah, please. Uh, Ambassador O'Brien, did uh, China underreport uh, both the number of cases and the death toll? from the coronavirus? And if that's the case, Mr. President, what does that mean for our relationship with China and your relationship with President Xi? Well, number one, I think the President has a great relationship with President Xi, and we'd like to have a great relationship with China. Uh, unfortunately, we're just not in a position to confirm any of the numbers that are coming out of China. There's no way to confirm any of those numbers. There's lots of public reporting on whether the numbers are 
are, are too low. Uh, you've got access to those reports that are coming out of Chinese social media and, uh, and and some of the few reporters that are left in China. We just have no way to confirm any of those numbers. Thank you. We really don't know. How do we know whether they underreported or reported however they report? But uh, we had a great call the other night. We're working together on a lot of different things, including trade. They're buying a lot. They're spending a lot of money. They're giving it to our farmers. They're paying our farmers for the product. So, you know, we're going to we're going to continue that along, John. Yeah. I have another one, sir. You tweeted earlier today uh, that there was uh, you have uncovered intelligence that there is a sneak attack being planned against American uh, troops, American assets in Iraq. Are we talking about Qatib Hezbollah again? Uh, also, no you're saying, but we just have information that they were planning something, and it's very good information. It was uh, led by Iran, uh, not necessarily Iran, but by groups supported by Iran, but that to me is Iran. And we're just saying, don't do it. Don't do it. It would be a very bad thing for them if they did it. The last time- All right, so I'm going to stop it right there because now we're going to talk about what they said and we're going to p- point out key points, okay? So first, the president announced with all these people behind him that they are in full operation mode and they have you know, pretty much activated... Uh, forces like you've never seen before. Esper's speech, Esper's announcement was pretty much saying one thing. We will defend our country. And like the president said, we are at war. This is war. So what are the cartels we're going to be discussing in the second hour? Because the one thing that people miss is that Comey uh, was should have been disqualified from being FBI director because of his work in a favorable capacity with the cartels. And I'm kind of uh, going to say something that may be a bit, um, I don't know if I should say. Well, no. These people are now being investigated with a fine-tooth comb. Comey, Rod Rosenstein, uh, former FBI and DOJ officials. So considering that they had interacted with cartels in the past favorably, helping them launder money, helping them move drugs. I mean, we all know about Fast and Furious, which was a ridiculous. Yeah, we're just going to let them get guns so that way we can track them back to the cartels. Of course, that's exactly it. Um, We see that we are using this wave. Okay. So I want you to picture that curve uh, that they, that, 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 that the clowns, the PEPFAR clowns showed you of all these deaths, which if you actually do the math at seven and a half thousand average a day is just people that are dead, not COVID-19, which makes me believe that, uh, you know, they've been, um, Secured. Let's just say that. So this wave, I want you to then imagine President Trump on a surfboard. Oh my gosh, I wish I could do this. And under this wave, you're going to see the U.S. military taking out the cartels. The cartels own everything. They own your sheriff. 
your police, your attorney general, your governors, your mayors, they own them all because they will stop at nothing to annihilate you. They will kill you and every single member of your family in a heartbeat. They will stop at nothing if you don't do what they say. And their main currency, human trafficking. Humans, little humans, older humans, any humans, and drugs. The biggest industry there is, is human trafficking, uh, you know, and drugs, right? And drugs and humans are their currency. So now, considering the president couldn't say, come on, guys, this is just like a flu. What are you doing? Then there's the skeptic. Saying, well, what if they actually deploy something really bad? Or what if they infect a lot of people kind of, I don't know, through tainted tests? Maybe I should have people on lockdown and remind them, don't go get tested unless you're dying. um, Because they might give you (laughs) a version you don't want uh, through the swab. Because now there's reports coming out that coronavirus tests were actually laced with coronavirus. So when you would take that little swab out and stick it up your nose, they would be giving you coronavirus. And if you had it, they'd give you a double dose. Let's, Let's speed the process up so we can match the terror that we're putting into the people. If you're dumb enough to panic, oh, I just want to get tested. I just want to make sure. You know, that's it. So what did he say? Borders are closed. People can't drive from state to state. Ports are closed. Everything's closed. Aircraft closed. You can't come in. Can't go out. What are we doing? Let's lock them down. He's boxed every single cartel member. And you know what's sweet about this? That there's no schools, no malls, no movie theaters, no concerts that they can cause mass destruction at. They can't. So here is where we have fewer casualties when we go to war with these people. These people don't have morals. They don't care if you're a mom with a baby. You're in the way. You're getting macheted. They don't care. Because you will help send their message by dying. So that, that is what, you know, is going on. And you can hear it from their words. General Milley. Thank the Admiral Navy Coast Guard. He said, we got some intelligence that drug cartels are bringing in. Now, I'm going to share with you something. So last week, when I was on Twitter punishment, I used some, you know, common, you know, access to Twitter where I was just trolling around and doing my little digging as I do. And I'll tweet out the screenshot because now the person's gone, but I'll tweet you out the screenshot of what they were tweeting. So when you're giving a heads up or a drop or who you're going to traffic or who's coming, you send out location details. So there was this account that is no longer there that had been on the internet since April 2009 and only had 230 followers, of which was the Prime Minister of Korea, the historian of China, all confirmed accounts, the Democratic Socialists of America confirmed accounts, senators and congresspersons were following this random account that said that they were from Indonesia and had a picture of a little boy. And in that profile, which I will post uh, during the break, you'll see that there was a coded message and the first flag on it was Qatar and the number 62 and then a bunch of flags. The last one, Mayanamar. And apparently this account came from Indonesia. So then why were they tweeting locations in California and before that, Arizona and before that, Arkansas? You have to ask yourself why. 
And they weren't just tweeting out the locations. They were adding the cities and the counties that they were tweeting at. And so that's bizarre, right? Why would someone from Indonesia that has tweeted over 62,000 tweets, but you can only see three days, so they limit, they delete their tweets after a certain period of time, right? 62,000 tweets, but I can only see about, you know, I don't know, maybe 50. And all of them are locations or tweeting out links to signing up for the census in foreign languages, census 2020. So I was really confused. So I did a little bit more digging and I went on some telegram sites and I, and I tried to cross over and I was like, oh my gosh, this could probably be one of Obama's secret accounts. And so what I did was I screenshot it and I even put in the tweet, do not retweet, tagged ICE, tagged Secret Service, tagged the FBI, tagged the DOJ, all of them. And I was like, somebody needs to take a look. Obviously, someone who knew this, you know, um, common account uh, that, that gets used by other and you know you log on and look retweeted it so I took it quickly down because I didn't want the person to be alerted and I didn't want anyone to see it so I deleted it but that was okay two days later the account's gone and so this is how they work see at a time of turmoil where people are panicking in the board what do they do they drink they smoke pot maybe they'll do a couple of bumps of coke right so you're like drugs Mm, tainted drugs may be better That's what you have to think about. Tainted drugs. So we heard General Milley say, we got some intelligence about these drug cartels and that they want to come in. And with COVID-19, you know, they're going to try to take advantage of the situation, which is true, because we're focused on other areas, right? And they'll infiltrate more drugs. And what he said was, it's unacceptable. We are at war with terror, terrorists. We are at war with the cartel. They are one and the same. But believe it or not, the cartels, even though they operate just like ISIS, they operate just like Hamas and Hezbollah, they have not been designated as a foreign terrorist. So even though the president has been demanding and asking, so here's where we're saying they are terrorists. They are terrorists. We are acknowledging it. And General Milley said, we will marshal the full force of our armed forces against you. This says, you come near us, we're taking you out. This is not just, you know, to, you know, he said, you will not, you will not pass go. You're not getting on 21 Jump Street. You're, we're going to stop you at any cost. He even uh, said that, you know, we've uh, mustered from the Coast Guard and the Navy, PACOM, UCOM, all of them, and you know, we have infiltrated into the Caribbean. We are there and we are guarding. And that he said the U.S. military will defend at any cost. That says it all. So William Barr, as we know, who knows this spiel very well in regards to cocaine and drug trafficking because he was a Bush uh, uh, 41's right-hand man when Mina went down. And he was the buffer uh, for Bush 41 when, you know, after the Reagan administration, you know, because I call him a three-term president. I don't care how much flack you give me. Reagan was a great guy, but he was just there. He really didn't make any decisions. He was all a talker and he tried to do his best because he didn't want to die. You know, and this is what they do. They will kill you. You never underestimate these corrupt idiots. So we have a war, but it's not just the cartels that are coming in from Venezuela, El Salvador, Honduras, and Mexico. They're within our nation. 
these cartels don't operate with the police, without the police, without the sheriffs, without the CIA, without the DEA, without the ATF. I mean, remember Pelosi, how upset she was, how upset she was that we called MS-13 gang members animals. And the next day in Texas, they slaughtered teenagers with machetes just for, you know, kicks and giggles. So this is where their loyalties lie. And remember a couple days ago on air, I was like, you know, it's really weird. We're getting a lot of people being shot, guy hanging out on a highway, trying to snipe people that had bombs in the front of the house, in the back of the house. Look, we got Space Wars now. We can see and hear everything. This is how we know what they were planning in Iraq. This is why we know where the boats are. And, you know, it was interesting to see Barr say, I'm glad that, you know, you've maintained focus on this because we haven't had the resources. There were limitations, you know, with the numbers that were deployed. And, you know, uh, this is how, you know, things are being done. And there's hundreds and tons of cocaine coming in. Barr knows these routes very well from a, from a black hat perspective. Yes. Um, and it wasn't the time where he could do something. And this is where he's using what he knows for good. Uh, this is what I'm hoping because a lot of people aren't sold on bar. Neither am I. I'm the one that wrote two scathing articles about him. The minute he was nominated, I was thinking, why would President Trump hire the very person he wants to purge from government seats? And, you know, I'm going to go with the whole, you know, he's really trying to redeem himself because someone that repents and someone that wants to use their knowledge to for good in the end it does the most good right it is the sinner that runs to god that is the most loyal right and he now is the sinner in regards to uh organized um terrorist activities and money laundering for um, these organizations and uh, he will do the most good. He is the most faithful to the United States. I want to see it like this because uh, there are certain things that you just can't hide. Kind of like in that question where I stopped it, where they asked the president, you know, what do you think? You know, Brian said, you know, we're not getting real numbers, blah, blah, blah. And President Trump said, yeah, you know, numbers are a little bit light. And you see Bill Barr literally smirk like he giggled. He was like, dude, that was so cool. Can't believe you just threw that jab on a sly, which means there's a good chemistry between the two of them and that they're on the same page. An excellent question from the reporter was, what has changed now that we have the assets and not in the past? The short answer, Obama never wanted to get rid of them. Clinton definitely didn't want to get rid of them. The Bushes didn't want to get rid of them. It's because they were using them. They are their money people. We have to look back to BCCI. That bank was being used for mafia members, drug cartels, global you know, drug cartels to be moved around. Let's not forget that HSBC was caught money laundering for all the cartels. They got caught. They admitted it. And what they did was they paid, you know, close to a billion dollars in fines and their executives, you know, how to get their bonuses late. That's it. But here's the thing. While they were money laundering, guess who was on the board of HSBC? Former director Comey. Dude, if you're sitting on a board from a bank that is money laundering all this money for cartels, 
quietly. You're sitting there. You're making money. You're getting paid by this bank drug cartel money in your pocket. I think that disqualifies you from being an FBI director, period, or even being a cubicle, you know, admin person in the federal government, period. So this is where you can see how connected they are. Hillary Clinton totally promoted them. I mean, the Clinton cartel is worse than the Mexican cartels because the Clinton cartels manages the Mexican cartels because they have so much money. And the response to, you know, that question by Esper was perfect. His first word, priorities. Priorities, that's it. Priority of the president is to ensure the safety and well-being of American citizens. How are you safe when your cop is sold? How are you safe when your sheriff is sold? How are you safe when there's people that have grenades and missile launchers and guns and machetes, you know, sitting right next door to you and, you know, will take you out if they want to? How do you function with a government that's owned by animals? You can't. And so Esper said the priorities, that's what's important. Your priorities, and the president gave us his priorities. And, you know, uh, the money... Um, and the money was an issue, inventory, but General Milley and Admiral Gilday, you know, saw there's no risk to our fleet, no risk to our national security in order to redistribute and focus on things that we should be focusing on. And that's keeping America safe because America is first. So that is it. Certain time and, um, you know, uh, will tell how effective this is because they say, oh, how long are you going to be? Why are you hungry? This makes sense as to why Ilhan Omar, Ilhan Omar was like, oh my gosh, you totally have to remove sanctions in a time like this. Uh, hey, Omar, why don't you tell dictator Erdogan, your Muslim Brotherhood buddy, you know, the one that you actually work for, to not be turning off the water in, you know, northern Syria at a time like this where they can't have access to clean water. That's what she should be saying. So with this, uh, with this virus supposedly being so insanely uh, a big problem, right? Um, people um, are focusing on that rather than, you know, what's coming in. Now, like the president said, we've got 161 miles of the border to be exact built. That is stopping it dead in its tracks. But we are having people going around or underground. And now they're trying to do aerials. Like Esper said, they're coming in from the air. They're doing drops, right? So this is what we need to focus on. Now the Navy and the Coast Guard are guarding our shores, not just for the drug. The drugs are going to be tainted just like the darn coronavirus tests. This is how they take you out from within. It's about infiltration, not invasion. That is how it goes. So China, you know, obviously may indeed, if you consider it. I mean, I think China it has been taken care of by the president, but we can't trust them on numbers. We can't trust them on response, right? This is a war on cartels. And, you know, I, I got a lot of messages yesterday while I was on air uh, with Millie Weaver where, uh, you know, people were telling me that there's black helicopters coming down in California, some weird stuff going on in California. Yeah, they're rounding them up. They're going through their underground tunnels, which the majority of them are actually owned by universities, just so you know. And so they're wrapping them up. And one thing that people don't see is the wording. So the U.S., um, 
the 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 US Navy has put ships in ports of LA and New York, right? And it's called the Mercy and the Comfort. And they said that their job is to uh you know treat acute trauma and acute trauma usually comes if you're waiting for a big wave from one single event. And where do we know that we have a massive cartel presence where trafficking goes on like nobody's business, both drug and human trafficking? That's right. New York City and L.A. And so this could be it because, you know, you could possibly see the cartels pouring out into the streets, throwing grenades and missile launchers and, you know, using their Uzis and taking people out just because because they're being strangulated. You know, uh, people that are looking for COVID patients and downloading these apps, they're being tracked to see where they're being aggregated, you know, and this is, you know, and we don't really need a lot. We've got Space Force, you know, Space Force is looking at everything. Right now, as I'm talking to you, they could probably see me, uh, you know, in my in my little getup here and my headband talking to you on the microphone. They can. We have that technology. And this is what's interesting that I, I don't think people are fathoming where the real war is. So under this guise of, you know, oh, my gosh, you know, hey, everybody, we're all going to die. You know, this is going to happen. Blah, blah, blah. We're actually taking advantage of the situation that people are in their homes. And therefore, there's going to be less concern of them getting hurt when these cartels come out. And that is exactly it. And, you know, uh, the prisoners being released by uh, Cuomo and Blas. It's really I mean, why are they doing this? They're releasing rapists, child rapists, molesters, you know, thieves and thugs out into the street. And you know what pisses me off? I'm going to tell you something. And a friend of mine actually told me this today, uh, right before we go to the break, is that we have people that are in jail right now that are there for disgusting crimes like child rape and whatnot. And these people don't have to worry about, can I make my next meal? Will I have money to pay the power? We're feeding them. So that really annoys me. That really annoys I'm going to be honest with you. That really annoys me. And you know what? If they're in jail and they get coronavirus, then so be it. Let it happen. Uh, because, you know, they're getting three square meals a day. They're warm. They're fed. And they have health care while all of us are waiting for this Trump bucks to come in. And it's going to come in very late for a lot of people. So, on that note, I'm going to see you guys in just a bit after this short break, and we'll continue breaking this down and what's to come. See you all in a bit. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. So before we get into, uh, you know, more of this, what's going on and uh, the panic, <laughs> the insane panic we're seeing in regards to coronavirus, I thought I'd play a clip from our president, which um, tells the people of America how we can beat this. And it's very important. Take a listen. I want to thank all Americans for pulling together, for coming together, for doing what they have to do. It's been incredible. It's been inspirational. 
All over the world they're watching, but all over the world they also have problems. It's in over 120 countries. It's called the invisible enemy, and that's what it is. It's an invisible enemy. But we're doing tremendous work. Uh, the truckers, the doctors, the nurses, uh, everybody, they're just doing tremendously. And of course, you've heard it a thousand times, wash your hands, good hygiene, all of that. But social distancing, keep away, it's going to have no place to go. And I just want to thank you as president. I want to thank you for the incredible job you're all doing. This spirit in our country like never before. We are really, we've pulled together as a unit. We pulled together as a country. We will prevail together. We love the USA. Yes, we will. Because united, we are strong. And that's the key here. Uh, you know, the extension of the 30 days is pretty incredible. Because one has to think, this is you know, pretty insane. 30 days more of, you know, staying away. And, you know, yesterday when I was um, alive having this like round table with Millie, which we do off camera all the time. And we were just like, why not include people uh, in there with our train of thought where we're talking? Because when I do some investigative work, I pull in with other reporters. I have Haley Kennington, which by the way, um, you know, everybody say a prayer for her. Her mother has been battling, um, underlying health conditions for a very long period of time. And, um, her mother has joined the troops of the Lord, uh, today. So that has to be very, very, very hard for her. Uh, but, you know, so she is one of my people that I sit and talk with Laura Loomer, uh, in regards to the more global, um, you know, terrorist side of things. So well, not right now. She's Congressman Loomer, you know. I mean, she is into it, but she's not really. You see what I'm trying to say? So she's not doing the reporting right now because uh, she'll be able to do that reporting to you from the House uh, come next year. Um, so there's a lot of reporters that I actually sit and banter with, uh, people that do research. Scott Adams, you know, other reporters that are on big channels that you see every day on TV, and we sit and go through it. And I thought, you know, the people need to be part of this. We're home now. We should all be doing our part to, you know, take control of the situation because the media is obviously not giving it to you. They're not telling you what's going on. And here's where you know they're not telling you what's going on because, you know, that leaked audio from the Kennedy Center, which now there's a bill being written to take back the 25 million since they kick back the 5 million. Well, they were telling their musicians that they're looking at September possibly having some, you know, opening or whatever, and they'll reconvene with them there. So that means that the Democrats expected this to be dragged out till September. So that's what the deep state wants to have this, to give them six months, which is pretty, that's six months, half of year of putting the whole world on hold in regards to the economy. That's their plan. So the president said, I know your plan. I know what you're saying. I've got flies on walls. Let's get it going. And I'm going to use the next 30 days and I'm going to clean out your piggy bank because the deep state piggy bank are the cartels, money and drugs. And that is what their money is human capital. So it was telling when General Milley said that, you know, when it was announced that General Milley found a young lady uh, in Honduras and terrible things were happening to her return to her family. 
And remember, Honduras is one of the cartels uh, hub centers that we're looking at. We have to remember that USAID was always a vehicle to fund these cartels, not just the caravans. And when the president actually stopped that, they all freaked out. Remember that most of these people like Senator Blumenthal, which I totally forgot, ding, ding, Dick's name on uh, the live roundtable we were having uh, yesterday. He had a lot of investments in Venezuela in regards to oil and gold. So did Pelosi. And Pelosi's major portfolio is on shipping containers, the majority of which go through uh, the property that uh, Beto's wife owns, which is on the border of Mexico and the United States. They own border property. So private, I mean, do we get to patrol that? I don't know. So these are all things that are coming together. So you can see just how eloquent this plan that the president had is. When he said America first, he meant it. When he said, I want to keep America safe, he meant it. When he said, I want America thriving, he meant it. And now we're seeing Americans globally coming together under one flag, under one purpose, and that is put our nation first. The world is on fire, apparently, according to this COVID. So we got bioweapons. Someone went there. They took it there. They literally took it there. And we need to shut our borders down, not just for the drugs and the trafficking, but for the virus. Because how do we know they're not shipping bioweapons? How do we know that's not coming? I mean, just the other day, uh, Eduardo, you know, a conductor on the railway tried to derail a train to, to get, you know, the ship, the Mercy ship, the Navy ship in LA, you know, to have some problems. There's people committing suicide, Everywhere, hmm. people are going to be get, they're going to get coronavirus. That's how we take them out. You know, a lot of people are like, oh my God, all these conspiracy theories and nah, nah, nah. you know, oh, we sealed indictments, whatever. And I'm like, uh, did you ever take the time to go to your state's website, which is completely free, by the way, and look at your magistrate court and look at how many sealed dockets are there? Because there's a bunch of people on the internet that are doing just that and compiling it. It's 150,000. Kind of lines up with the money of, oh, the money, the people, money. Ugh. Keep doing that because, you know, you are money. You are currency. It keeps going with the curve of the 150,000 to 200,000 dead. So the 150,000 are those under the indictment. They're all going to get coronavirus. I mean, that's a lot easier than than filling up Gitmo, right? A lot easier than taking all these Eduardos and putting them in jail, right? And feeding them and clothing them and giving them health care. It really does piss me off that right now across America, all of us are wondering what we're going to do tomorrow to feed our families. And we're relying on each other, on each other. You know, yesterday I, I, I went out to get my weekly cigarettes, which is two packets, believe it or not. I'm not a heavy smoker, okay? I'm not. And um, I went out, got my two packets of cigarettes, got a water, and I got my daughter uh, candy, right? She wanted some gummy candies. And we wanted to just let the sun see us and walk around. And so the same homeless lady is hanging out on her little lawn chair there, you know, smoking her cigarettes, <laughs> And, you know, I got her uh, a bag of chips, uh, but they weren't like chip chips. They were like, um, oh, how do I, dehydrated vegetables because she's old. 
And I, I gave it to her. She's like, Oh honey, I rely on you whenever you come to the store, you and your daughter. And it's like, look, I don't have anything, but you know, if I can get this woman something that's better than nothing, because she obviously has nothing. She's there all day sitting on a lawn chair out in the cold. Um, you know, while all this is going on, older lady, she's like 70 years old. 65. Maybe she just looks older because she's, you know, uh, under stress, you know, and out in the ether. But the, the one thing that I noticed is that everyone was relying on everyone. Uh, and I see that on the internet, acts of kindness, acts of coming together, uh, in turmoil. I, I have the best listener base, but I also have really good friends too. And this is where it shows where we're connected because people are starting to understand that we're all connected with each other and we should all strive for the same goal, which is happiness and not what can I get out of it? Because greed makes you really ugly. Uh, you know, a pushing for things makes you really ugly. And all of us, I think can agree that we're a little bit pissed off, right? We've got Cuomo releasing the, the criminals, you know, and other governors are doing the same thing. Okay, maybe we're rounding them up and they're getting coronavirus. But for me personally, to have not petty thieves, okay, let's just do it this way. Not petty thieves, not the woman that freaked out because her husband was beating her and killed them, uh, you know, that's doing time. But I'm talking about like the criminals that you can't fix, the pedophiles, right? The rapists, the, you know, murderers. They're all hanging out in prison and they're getting fed, they're getting clothed, you know, and they're doing all this and people are worried about them getting coronavirus. And it's like, we shouldn't. Actually, actually, in this time of need, since they're getting fed and everything, maybe we should put them to work. We need things that need to be, you know, sterilized. We need ventilators. We need, make them make parts, make them do something, make them lick stamps and send things out, do something. I know a lot of people are like, well, they do license plates and stuff. Well, you know, that's kind of going down. No one's buying cars right now. Uh, you know, no one's thinking of that. How many businesses are not doing anything? So in this time of turmoil, it's important that we all prioritize correctly. And the number one word on everyone's lips is safety. But safety isn't just against this invisible enemy of the virus, but the invisible enemy that lies in the trenches of your community, the cartels, the people that lurk in the shadows that really run everything. That's a really big threat. The people trying to make it through the borders. That's a really big threat. This is being reinforced. I mean, personally, I think in the northern border, we need to cover that even harder because Canada is going tits up. I mean, they're going full Gestapo on registering people. They're going full Gestapo on how they're controlling the citizens, but yet people are still coming into Canada, which is very, very bizarre. Now, um, Ingram had a, um, had a show yesterday where she, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I like the way Laura Ingram talks. Okay. I do, but it's actually too scripted for me. Um, in a sense, but this script was actually quite nice and there were a few holes. So I, I, I believe that it's, it's important that we actually just listen to, 
to her and what she had to say of this national shutdown day 16 and national shutdown. It means national. The only people that are working are some factories that are making things, chemical plants, uh, pharmaceutical companies, hospitals. They're really actually making money and the people that make parts for the hospitals, you know, they're still working, but the things that you would normally see, you know, working, (laughs) you know, your bars, your malls, your movie theaters, you know, uh, your, um, yeah, car dealerships, bike dealerships, motorcycle dealerships, car rentals, airplanes, buses, trains, they're not working. The majority of what supports the infrastructure of the economy not working. I mean, you would say the backbone is actually, you know, our mining, our farming, our oil production. Yes. And that's something that the president addressed too. speaking with Putin and the Saudis saying, yo, guys, you got to knock it down back a bit in regards to all this pumping of oil. And the thing is, Saudi Arabia should be doing that because I've told you that they only have about 30 years left at oil of, of pumping oil at the average rate they're doing. They ramped it up which means you're going to be out of oil real quick. And, you know, it's kind of like a lot of people right now that are on Twitter, on Facebook, or making shows that are specifically about one thing. You know, that means you, you're you only here temporarily, kind of like Saudi Arabia. You're only here temporarily for your oil. What's your next spiel? So, you know, that's that's something people need to think about. So here she is talking about the national shutdown, Um, and you're going to, hopefully a lot of you, and I know my listeners are pretty, pretty cool at figuring this stuff out. You'll hear what I heard, but we'll recap it together. Anyway, take a listen. America in shutdown day 16. Finally, finally, the New York times, they saw the light today. All right, here's the headline. Malaria drug helps virus patients improve in small study. Well, the study conducted by Chinese researchers found that cough, fever, and pneumonia went away faster, and the disease seemed less likely to turn severe in people who received hydroxychloroquine than in a comparison group not given the drug. And this was the same paper, the newspaper, by the way, who just a few days earlier published this gem of an op-ed. No, these medicines cannot cure coronavirus. Well, similar dismissive stories were posted by the know-nothings at Vanity Fair and the Washington Post. Now, these poltroons obviously don't even know that physicians here and abroad are right now, tonight, treating COVID patients with hydroxy, sometimes adding azithromycin. And by the way, they're oftentimes successfully getting outcomes for their patients. Again, we're going to talk to one of those infectious disease docs in just a moment. And next, more on that ongoing debate about whether the virus's lethality, the mortality rate, is being overstated or misunderstood. Now, remember, as I told you last night, we don't yet have an accurate picture of who has already been infected. Now, why is this? We've done all this testing. We've got more testing than ever. Well, it's because many Americans have already had the uh, COVID infection and recovered, or in in many of those, of course, they were never tested. And many also had no symptoms at all, and they were infected. We took drastic mitigation actions anyway, though, because experts warned us that millions and millions could die. Who would ever want to even tolerate the thought of that? But Stanford's Dr. Jay Bhattacharya, who thinks 
the models are off by many multiples. He spoke recently with Peter Robinson of the Hoover Institution Watch. I'm a little bit astounded, maybe, unless you tell me I shouldn't be, that they've shut down the economy without knowing quite what they're doing. People plug the, the worst case into those into their models. They project forward and say two to four million deaths. Newspapers pick up the two to four million deaths. Politicians have to respond. Um, and the scientific basis for that projection is is completely there's there isn't there's there's no study underlying that scientific projection in the sense of that number that denominator of that number doesn't exist so how do we get a more accurate denominator if you want to know in the population how many people have had it and recovered from it you want to know the denominator you have to have the antibody test you need both in the denominator and so with the with that with the with the antibody test you can get the denominator for the population fatality rate for the anything at the population level. Um, it's only in the last week and some that that's they become available. But today we got mixed messages from the coronavirus task force about these antibodies testing. Antibody testing right now is not the first thing on our priority. It is very important ultimately to be able to get a feel for what the penetrance of the infection was in society for a number of reasons. You get a better feel of what the impact has been, but also you get a better feel of what the herd immunity would be. So I can foresee in the future that when we get the facility, which we'll have for sure, I mean, ultimately you can get a test that could do this reasonably easy and do the kind of what we call zero surveillance study. But right now, that's not our immediate problem. Well, wait, wait, at some level, and I've talked to the top scientists who are looking at this as well. At some level, that doesn't make sense because we have problems beyond the current infection rate. We have millions of people out of work. And we also have vulnerable healthcare workers. So we need to be able to walk and chew gum at the same time. On the importance of fast tracking these antibodies tests, Dr. Burks gets it. I think we owe it to the frontline health care providers, not only to provide them RNA tests, but many of them have been on the front line now for four weeks, may have become exposed. We now know they're asymptomatic. And I think really being able to tell them the peace of mind that would come from knowing you already were infected, you have antibody, you're safe from reinfection 99.9% of the time. Universities can do that by Friday. So I'm putting that challenge out to them. We're not waiting. We're asking for help now. Yes, that was music to the ears of so many who've been examining the true models here and doing that long-term and short-term look at the true numbers, that denominator. How many were really infected and what is the mortality rate? Understanding every life is precious. Now, the antibodies test, as Dr. Burke said, it's easy, it's fast, and it's absolutely critical to understanding the true severity and reach of the virus. And then that informs what the best action is to take to, in response to the virus. So if we can quickly determine a true infection rate, and we determine that the in, and true infection rate is actually far higher than we originally thought. Now, this sounds weird, but that's in a way actually good news because it means more Americans now have immunity to the virus. This could get Americans out of their home confinement a lot sooner. 
They won't infect anyone once they're in the workplace and they won't get it again. Now, as awful as the 4,700 plus COVID deaths are in this country, and that's an awful number, we're only beginning to see the destruction caused, of course, by crashing our economy as well. The universal quarantine, essentially that's what we have, uh, is incredibly costly. It costly to, and people have characterized it as costly to the economy, and so, and so and you get accused of being crass because you're compare, you know, comparing dollars with people's lives, right? That's, yes, yes. Um, I, I mean, I, I'm actually kind of sympathetic to that. Actually, it's not just dollars to lives. It's do- it's 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 uh, it's lives to lives. Okay. Well, let me stop before we play the rest. I just wanted to recap. So she's telling you that we should be doing antibody tests. This is what Lauren and I completely disagree. Actually, Fauci is right. See, because this antibody testing, in order to be able to see the infection mortality, uh, you know, or, like infection versus mortality is wrong because this means that every single American will be profiled. They'll get RNA done and they will be labeled as people that are immune. And a lot of you might say, well, that's a good thing. It's not. It's really not because it gives them more abilities to be able to see all your genetic profiles and file them. And then bioweapons get even smarter. This is, this is what I say. Sometimes this privy is better because you're relinquishing control to one of your, um, more, um, centered, um, I would say the most private part of you, which is what your weapons are that were, that are innate to you. And so, uh, you know, Fauci saying that it's not a priority there. We want to see how it penetrated the community. I agree. That's the thing. We won't know because we don't know what really happened, who patient zero is. But what we do know is that there's different strands. Like they're dilly-dallying as if COVID-19 is fine. And also, also, let me just say, uh, what you know, Scarf Lady was saying, oh, yeah, we need to see, you know, and see the infection. We should check because, you know, if you're infected 99.9% of the time, you know, you're immune to it. And these tests are effective and fast. No, they're not. They're not. Even the slow ones. Because if you remember the example of the radiologist at Mount Sinai, the guy had influenza. He was testing negative for COVID with the antibodies, right? Remember? He was testing negative. Negative. Even when he was deadly ill and he couldn't breathe he was testing negative because he was one of them they took the next step see because you know his life is more important than yours right because if you can't test for covid and you know whatever they're not going to go in with a bronchoscopy it's a little bit evasive too and it costs money and time they're not going to be doing bronchoscopies to everyone to confirm right and so they looked inside him and saw that he was getting uh, he had uh, the physiological symptoms of what they say COVID-19 does, which is break down the cell walls. And here's where I take you back to, it's not COVID-19. It's the fact that whatever penetrated the community is activating people that have been flu vaccinated and all doctors in hospitals are required to get a flu vaccination. I know because I had to battle with that in order to be around patients. I had to... I had to get a flu vaccine and I didn't. <laughs> I, I fought that. I never did. There was no way I was going to do it. And so um, this is 
the concern that I have. And now obviously people are like, well, the people are suffering and they're right. There is suffrage right now with the shutdown globally. Money is not coming in. People cannot survive, but that's the beauty of it. People survive because everybody is in it together. They are working together. There's, we get so much pleasure from helping each other, right? This is where we we tap into our humanity. So those demanding that we disallow the president to have his time to remove the cartels, kill the money-making machines of drugs and human trafficking, I find that wrong. Now, Europe is doing their own thing. Europe is digging their own grave. They're not, you know, doing what they're supposed to be doing. In England, they're, they're full Gestapo right now, full Gestapo um, Sweden, on the other hand, who doesn't have a cartel problem said, well, we'll just let the virus take its course. We're not closing down anything because they don't really have Gestapos. Uh, they don't have cartels because they are a Gestapo. That's a socialist community right there where two thirds of your paycheck goes to the government. So if you actually look at all the countries and what they're doing, it tells you exactly what the real, uh, spiel of this coronavirus is. So welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. Uh, so where we left it off is what's really going on. And I think all of us should sacrifice a few days and being uncomfortable because it's nothing. It's, 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 I'm telling you, I'm, I'm not talking from a position of advantage here at all. Okay. I have to, I have children. I, I guess one is very independent. She's actually been amazing through this time, obviously serving our country as well. But for example, here's this shutdown is on my cat and you know, I'm not a cat lady. I was totally trolled yesterday because my cat really wanted love, but he had a, a cut on his lip. Um, and he's old. And so I had to figure out how to help him. And I bootlegged some like, um, antibiotics, you know, because I get some antibiotics sent to me from overseas. Uh, they're so expensive here that I just have on hand, you know, if there's an ear infection in the house or something. And I bootlegged it, did the math, became a vet and used what's safe for animals and well, for felines, had to bootleg it to give him medicine because to go down to the vet, I need to cash down like $300 just to be seen. Not only that, you know, they're closed. So then once that's done, he gets an ear infection and that's probably in not infection, but irritation. Uh, that's probably a response to antibiotics because, you know, antibiotics have side effects and that's normal. So then I had to trot my tush down to CVS and get a rubbing alcohol, not because I was going to use that, um, hydrogen peroxide. And that was an idea my eldest gave because, you know, she is a double major in math and chemistry. She's like, mom, put your hat on just make a bootleg rinse, which I did. And I also added a bit of powder antibiotic. So I'm like bootlegging things because I can't do these things. Like if my cat dies, I'll probably die too. Um, and you know, not because I'm like super, I don't like cats. I'm going to be dead honest with you. I can't stand cats. The only thing they want is to be fed and they're litter clean. That's it. But this one is like, he's my man. 
period. I'm his slave. <laughs> That's it. So yeah, I am a cat lady. But you know, these are struggles we're having. I have a child that, um, you know, has to do a lot of homework today. Once I'm off air, I'm going to be working and we're going to be doing functions again. Uh, you know, but to do that, I either can't work or I need to make sure I have the internet. I need to make sure I have power. I need to make sure I have heat. Uh, I need to make sure I have food. I need to make sure of all these things. And you're just like, Okay, but to do that, I have to work. I have to make money, but the economy shut down. What do I do? All of us are in the same boat. So I am not speaking to you from a point of any privilege whatsoever or that I'm in a better place than you are. We are all in the same boat. We are all across the board. All of us are pretty much in the same boat, except for that, uh, you know, 10% of, you know, workers that are actually physically leaving and going to do work. Um, I do that too. I, I have that little letter that says that I can travel when needed, but you know, not a lot of people, no such, we're not talking immigration right now. And I work remotely too. And that's even low because the businesses that, re, that, that the agency relies on, you know, to, well, the other agencies of the other agencies are shut down. And that's the thing. Are we getting a national shutdown? I mean, is it fair that they're getting paid being home, you know, with the people that I would interact with every day, they're getting paid and being home. But, you know, obviously as a contractor, I don't get the same benefits, but think about it. All of us are in the same boat and yes, the economy is, but you know what, if it means that I need to, you know, pray skip Easter. Well, uh, hopefully not. A April 19th is Easter Sunday for me. Um, you know, and be, uh, in my apartment and, you know, escaping for some air. That's how I felt yesterday. Like I was escaping when I exited the building. I was like, ah, oh, son, uh, you know, for 30 days in order to make sure tomorrow that the, the tomorrow my children are in don't have cartels, the tomorrow that my children are going to be in don't have this. I'd, I'd be okay with a, you know, an economy that's going to be on crutches for a while. Uh, but think we're getting all these cartels, right? We're rounding them up, right? Guess what cartels come with tons of cash, tons of cash. Who's going to get that cash? We are, we're going to be filling up the covers. These are multi-trillion dollar industries that we are locking down. Who's going to take their money? We're already confiscating the bank accounts we can see because they're really smart. They're really smart. They don't see, they don't sit there and open an account and saying MS 13 account. There's a guy with a corner candy store and newspapers uh, that is the front for the cartels. There's a guy that has a cell phone shop like Boost Mobile or something, just random, of course. And, you know, they are a front for the cartels. Uh, there is uh, an oil um, company that does, you know, that cleans out the pipes for oil, uh, oil fields. That's a front for the cartels. You know, they don't do any business, but they're there and they pretend they do business. And how do you know they're not doing business? It's cartel money. So as we crack down on these by following them because they're locked down and they're desperate and they need to move, move product, this is how you catch them because they're trapped. They're in a box. They can't leave. They can't come in. They can't fly out. They can't ship out. They can't swim out. What do they do? They're underground. We're underground too. They're above ground. We're above ground too. That's the way it goes. So uh, if we're a little bit uncomfortable, just pray. I mean, guys, God brings everything you need to your feet. 
I, I really believe that. And it, and, and it's obviously I made that turn in my life in, uh, you know, 2008, but, and now even stronger, I guess I wasn't that strong because, you know, I suffered, um, great turmoil recently. And that's because I probably didn't embody it as I should. And so I firmly believe that, you know, faith is going to take us through this and you have to have faith that things are being done in the right way. Now, I want you to also know the military, this is, I'm just letting you know, the military would never, ever, 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 ever hijack any internet hijack any communications to keep you safe. Okay. That's Gestapo in a guise. So, you know, it reminds me of this experiment that the DIA had deployed with Facebook ones in regards to monitoring and manipulating communications. So we must be very, very aware of any such, you know, uh, attempts or rhetorics on top of that, for all of you that are scared out there, cause you listen to so many people and I've said, just listen to the president. Cause he told you exactly what was going on of, Oh my gosh, we're going to have like 72 hours of no phone guys. I can't can't do that. Like, uh, no internet, no, f- I mean, I could because I'm kind of creative and I could do other stuff. But the thing is 72 hours or 10 days of not having communication. That's not true per se that it's Gestapo or new world order or resetting things. Stop fueling the paranoia. The paranoia where you should have it is that these people are trying to push ID 2020 and give you yellow stars and give you E certificates that you're vaccinated or some special human because you can't catch influenza or COVID. That's probably because you didn't get a vaccine. (laughs) FYI. But the thing is, is that this stuff is what Millie Weaver and I did in a report. Millie Weaver broke that. She actually said, oh, you know, in Africa, in their Africa 2020, they're pushing for like yellow fever e-digital certificates. And I was like, great. So now you've got a mark if you're a special human that's vaccinated and immune and, you know, the other one isn't. Jeez. This is where, oh, you can't come into the hotel. You know, you're, you're not immune. We don't let people that aren't immune or vaccinated come in. Kind of like how public schools were going. You get what I'm saying? And so that's not something new. It's something old. And we did this two, three weeks ago and the president addressed it right after we finally put the report up. He said, ID 2020 is being pushed back indefinitely, period. He doesn't want it. So for all the people pushing this terror is insane. Now, if we go dark, we have to think about it. I got a cartel, uh, you know, the Sinaloa cartel, and I've got a few of them down in Almeida County, and I got a few up in Mount Shasta, and I got some down, I don't know, in Chico, right? And so I, I go and I raid Chico, and I take them out. I save the children. I put them on the mercy so they could get better. I take them to a local military hospital to get better. Some people might get shot. Some people may not. I round them up. Do you think I'm going to allow communications in Chico 
No. I'm going to cut down cell tower, satellite. I'm going to jam all that stuff from Space Force because I'm going to out you out. So for the operation to be complete and for me to do a complete sweep of that area, no one's going to have internet. No one's going to have phone. No one's going to have satellite connections. You're all going down. So by the time that happens, I'm going to take out the power, the, the communications and everything in Almeida. So that way I could take out their friends and almost hours later, I'm going to take out the ones in Mount Shasta one by one. So it'll look like an outage, but I'm taking them out. You understand how this outage is going to work? Because this is how it has to happen. You need to do this as a silent running. They can't see you coming, guys. They can't see you coming. And the fact that they came out yesterday with this briefing, this situation room reflection, telling you what they're doing means it's already done. You don't tell the enemy you're coming. You're doing it. You don't tell them anything. And what they did was say, yep. It's going down because they're not going to be able to contain these raids. And right now, the bigger heads are still in place because you always take out the feet before you knock the head off, right? You take out the peripherals, right? All the peripheral little gangs have been collected. And now we're going to see an uptick because they're hiding and they're spreading. And there you go. So they let the people know what's up. So for, is that a fair trade-off, you guys? A fair trade-off that we might have to actually talk with the people we live with and maybe play Scrabble and maybe draw a picture, write a book, or just stare out our window or maybe go for a walk is that a fair trade-off to say, oh, you know what? You know what? I don't have any clean water. Fair enough. It's going to be too, well, I don't think they can shut off the public utilities, but I'm just saying, okay, I don't have, you know, semolina bread, but I've got sliced bread or I don't have bread at all. And I've got flour and yeast. Let me do it. A little bit uncomfortable for me. Oh, you know, I don't have cigarettes. That's okay. I'll just not have a cigarette. Uh, you know, these are things that we can put up with knowing that we are rounding up and Animals, yes or no? I mean, if you put it in that perspective, all of you should be like, you know what? You're right. And that's exactly where we should be. I see a lot of people saying, oh, this isn't fair. Is this a yes? Panic. But the thing is, stop panicking. Focus. And then everything seems to just be laid out in front of you. You have no idea how powerful that feeling is to be able to feel like you're in control of something that you really don't have control of. Um, I try to practice it. I'm super panicky. And, you know, all I think about is, okay, this is a good trade-off. Okay, this is going to be better. And yes, the economy will not look the same. But guess what? We're going to have so much cash, we're going to make it look the same. It's going to be like, okay, you had a small business. I want to see your papers for the past two years. Let's see how I can get you right back to where you are. Hey, worker, you were out of work. Let me see. Oh, you pay these bills, these bills. Here's the money for the bills you paid with the little money you had. Just have it as an extra bonus. Go out, shop. You know, Here's your salary that you didn't get because we're going to have that money. We just have to be patient and we have to see how this can actually scale up after the fact. So for now, let's just pray and do some work. I mean, while we have access to this unlimited information, let's get on there. Let's start looking. Let's start digging. Let's start finding accounts like the account I found where they're tipping cartels off, tipping corrupt clowns off, tipping them all off. Analyze, look, read. I mean, I, I'm sure I got so many DMs. Oh, uh, Tori, I didn't know that Comey was sitting on that board. Yeah, a lot of people didn't because the media is not going to tell you what's not favorable for them. They're not going to tell you when one of their own is a cartel member themselves, and that should be coming to fruition very soon.
right? A global economic collapse will cost lives of, of, I believe, millions of people. And not just in the United States, I mean worldwide. The president, he sees it too. We did the right thing and we did it early. We did it early and we stopped other people from coming into our country early. But but no, that's a cost. You'll have domestic violence. You'll have violence. You'll have suicide. You'll have drug addiction. A, a lot of people are going to be lost. We want to get this open as soon as we can. I mean, I'll be the happiest person. So will you, everyone in this room. Happy when we get the word that this is the time. Now, it's always the right time to get better data. That means we need the true infection rate. We want to protect the lives of the vulnerable Americans out there. Meanwhile, what about our civil liberties? We'll, you know, we're going to get our freedom back when this is all over, right? This is going to be transformative. We're never going to be the same again. The fear that we have, the anxiety that we have, that's not just going to go away. Uh, when do we get back to normal? I don't think we get back to normal. I think we get back or we, we, we get to a new normal. Wait, 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 wait. And what new normal is that? The old normal was when your kids actually went to school. You could go to work. You could go to church if you wanted and maybe a restaurant or watch a sporting event or play sports with your friends. You traveled anywhere and whenever you damn well please without government tracking or police questioning you. That was the old normal. So if the new normal means something innocuous, like we won't buy drugs from China, well, that's great. That's a good new normal. And if it means that we stay home when we're sick and we wash our hands more, fantastic. We all want that. But if the new normal that Cuomo's talking about means abandoning life we loved before the coronavirus or using this crisis, as some seem to be doing, as a vehicle for advancing a left-wing freedom-killing agenda, well, count us out. And those are my thoughts at the end of the shutdown, day 16. Uh, New York, you're talking on a base of 19 million. So number of positive cases up to 8669. Okay, so I jumped into Cuomo where he's talking about the uh, cases that he has and all of them, basically, you know, what he's doing and how he's doing. But I want you guys to see something. We saw that Governor Cuomo is being paraded around more than the president. They have him on live stream. They even asked him to run for president. Now you're going to see all these insane people talking about Newsom. This is exactly how they work. This is exactly how they move. This is exactly what they want you to do. They want you to shift focus. Oh, look, Newsom looks presidential. Look, Pelosi's nephew is in, a, in, 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 in heat right now because he's, he's really trying to position himself. His state is in a lot of trouble. He has a lot of those that he let in and he caused it. So that's the way it is. He caused all of this with his... Um, actions and his laws and how he's going to be putting it together. Now, 
Why are they doing this? Why are they positioning? They're going to use social media just like they did in 2008 to outdo, uh, you know, Commander McCain, uh, to pick their candidate. The DNC, like I told you, was canceled. And I actually retweeted something of Bernie's and I was like, what? I thought that they were just going to fast forward to Joe Biden. But apparently, they're still, they're not sold on Biden because Biden doesn't have a leg to stand on. He can't speak. He can't function. You know, he's got a pitted brain. We all know this. And they're all starving. So they're trying to find people that can look like heroes. And this is where you're going to see Cuomo and Newsom, who are the reason their states are like that. Remember that with their open border policies, with allowing the cartels to run freely. All of this is because of them. Their states collapsing is because of them. And unfortunately, the president has to give them help to make them look better because he cares about the people. So here's where you're going to see how this COVID-19, which was flipped on them to be able to rid us of these organized crime organizations, right? Organized crime. You're going to see how they're flipping this and they're trying to flip it as if these guys are heroes. They're losers. I mean, you saw de Blasio shut down playgrounds. What is he doing? Trying to help pedophiles from getting caught? Seriously? That's what we have. This is what we need to be looking at. What they're saying we, they can't, Biden can't do anything. They're going to deep fake him all the way up to the date of elections. So now you're going to see people starting to talk about, oh, Newsom looks very presidential. Oh, Governor Cuomo looks very presidential, even though he has a piercing personality with his nipple rings, um, which we have to remember who they really are. Don't fall for it. They're just looking to see who they're going to put up. And they're going to say that the delegates are going to vote, you know, remotely. (laughs) You know how that works. And they're all deciding who are we going to throw our pennies behind? Who are we going to prop up to make look like they can take President Trump because they triumphed? This is where we need to focus what their plan is during this, because obviously we saw that the Democrats only care about themselves during a time of crisis. And obviously we've seen this. I mean, it's not made up. This is reality. You see it with your own eyes, how they're uh, talking about, uh, you know, what they're going to be doing, how they're going to be doing things, right? This is, they're, they're telling you their plans too. And One thing I would like you to take a listen to just for a few minutes, the opening um, is the U.S. Army is telling you exactly what they're doing in regards to COVID-19. But is it COVID-19 that they're responding to? Field hospital. This is interesting. I'm I'm actually interested to see if my friend who's also, you know, head nurse at um, one Air Force base, if she's going to be on there. She's... um, She's awesome. But take a listen to what they say. Hold on. I'll be followed by Vince Center. Hold on. For this for this forward mission, Here we, go. we fly under the banner of Task Force West, led by Brigadier General Doug Cherry. We have an important mission. We are supporting a whole of government approach to on order receive non COVID coronavirus patients from our surrounding hospitals in the Seattle, Washington area of responsibility. Now, this will allow those hospitals increased 
capacity to take care of COVID patients. We are establishing and quickly building medical capability and capacity for a Roll 3 250-bed field hospital at CenturyLink Event Center. We are expeditionary, we're agile, and we're responsive. We have medical doctors, nurses, and support staff from all over the world. They mobilized in a moment's notice to support the American people. The Joint Medical Task Force is comprised of many different elements. 627th Hospital Center's 10th Field Hospital brings the 148-bed capability led by Lieutenant Colonel Jason Hughes. And there's two other elements from the 62nd Medical Brigade led by Colonel Laura Elliott and they are based out of Joint Base Lewis-McCord, Seattle. This gives us the home court advantage. We have the 47th Combat Support Hospital, and this is led by Colonel Amal Shatila, and the 520th Area Support Medical Company, and this is led by Will Mackey. So we look forward to providing world-class health care, and we are glad to be here. This is why we exist. I'll be followed by Lieutenant Colonel Jason Hughes, Field Hospital Commander. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Jason Hughes here, Commander of the 10th uh, Field Hospital at Fort Carson, Colorado. We exist to save and sustain lives uh, anywhere in the world. We prepare for missions like this day-to-day -day, uh, in the field where we set up our field gear uh, or in our medical treatment facilities worldwide, like Colonel Williamson Young spoke to earlier. Um, our clinicians, our soldiers work day-to-day -day in those DOD facilities, which are training platforms. Um, we bring 148 of the 250 beds here at CenturyLink to bear from Colorado. That includes an emergency room, operating suites, lab, microbiology, blood banking capability, x-ray, mental health, and ministry services. Also, 100 intermediate care wards and 40 intensive care units. And what I like to characterize this is a one-stop shop for your mind, body, and soul. And this is an important mission for us. First, I grew up in Washington State. To be able to come back here to my home uh, and serve the American people is an opportunity of a lifetime. But these soldiers are excited to be here and do their mission. That's, that's why they signed up to serve, uh, serve the nation, raise their right hand, and come and serve the American people whether that's abroad or, in this case, at home. And so we're excited to open up beds for those non-COVID patients to come here and get the world-class care that we provide daily in our MTS and then allow people that have COVID to access to care so we can save as many lives as possible. I think now we'll open up for questions. Wow. Non-COVID patients that need mind, body, and soul. We're providing ministry services and mental health. That tells you exactly what's going down. We are saving every single victim. We are saving every single person that may see the victims. And we are winning. And we are winning so hard. So keep that in mind. Trust your president. Listen to your president. And don't forget... Age of information. Ignorance is a choice. I'll see you all tomorrow. God bless. Stay safe and enjoy the uncomfortable vacation. Staycation. See you tomorrow.